Hello and welcome to the Terror and Travel Show, a podcast where we normally tell you a hometown horror story. And then outline ways that you can visit that region for yourself. I don't have the chat that has our typical script, but I am Blair Allison. And I'm Eric Monroe-Schwan, and we're back for part two of our Disneyland extravaganza. Eliza, would you go ahead and introduce yourself once more to our audience? Hello, everybody. So I am a medium and psychic. I have been for most of my life, and I am a big Disneyland fan. I've been over 250 times in my entire life. I worked as a cast member in the parks for a period of time, as well as being able to go to special events and various different occasions throughout the years. Uh, So I've got a lot of behind-the-scenes knowledge and interesting encounters to share. Very good. Yeah, so if you missed part one, definitely go back and listen to that one first because we went down Main Street all the way up through Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, and we ended off with Toontown. So now we are going to make our way around the second half of the park and all the ghosts that reside there. Technically, in terms of the current layout of the park, we should be transitioning into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Do you have any... Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has been open for maybe two years? I can honestly say, in spite of having gone to the park as many times as I have, I have not gone there. My last trip to the park was literally a month before that opened. (laughs) So... I've only been there once, so I am equally a little bit uh, out of my depth. I can relay a story about the area that it was built into. It used to be the home of the uh, Disneyland stables, where the horses that walk up and down the main street used to be housed. There is actually a cast member story about one of the caretakers that used to be there to take care of the horses passed away and was actually seen walking around the stables, keeping an eye on the horses late at night. So it stands to reason that that ghost is haunting something in Galaxy's Edge. I have no idea where else he would have gone. He must feel so out of place there. Gosh, yeah. I can only imagine. Unfortunately, I haven't been, so I'm not sure if he is still there, but I know there was at least one back in that area that now is Star Wars. So I think maybe we go to Critter Country next, which is, of course, home to the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Splash Mountain, and formerly Country Bear Jamboree, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I believe. Just from personal experience, can I say, Splash Mountain is now, I think, kind of defunct. I think it's now transitioning to be Princess and the Frog, probably by the time Disney opens again post-COVID. Do you have anything to share that you'd like to share about Critter Country and the many rides within? Uh, yeah. So Winnie the Pooh kind of took over Country Bear. And fun fact, if you look backwards on the ride the whole way through, there are still bear heads hung up on the wall behind the cars. Oh! Whoa! Just a fun little Disney tidbit. Uh, it's right near, so you go through the Heffalumps and Woozles and you come out the other side. And if you're looking behind you, which is really hard with those those bee, you know, hives that they have. Yeah. You can actually mm-hmm. see that the, the bear plaques are still on the wall above one of the doorways as you're coming through. That's so cursed. Oh, yeah. That's very cursed. <laughs> so the main story in that area is a cast member story. There is a, a large, like, huge open room made of concrete underneath what used to be Country Bear and the restaurant there, which now houses the large uh, trash bins, the compactor bins that are down there. 
And I've heard several stories from cast members that if you're walking through there doing checks or crossing through it to get to another area by yourself, you will actually see someone darting around the trash cans, like a shadow figure moving around the trash cans, Ooh. following you through the room. Ooh. Ooh. And I've seen this same figure inside of the Winnie, Winnie the Pooh ride more than once. And once late at night out on the docks along the rivers of, the, of America where Hungry Bear is, I've seen it walk across their ones. Best I can tell is it's a past cast member just hanging out where they used to work. Kind of seems like they're still making their rounds. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It, it seems very much like they're kind of going in like a circle. They're just doing their thing. They've never interacted or engaged with anyone. They just are always out of the corner of someone's eye. No one's ever actually had like a one-on-one -on -one experience with it. That's the only one I know of in that area. You would think it would be more haunted, but it's really not. Yeah, it's such a small like little pocket of the park. I, it, mm -hmm. That doesn't surprise me. You know, it's always seemed like such an unsettling little corner of the park. Like it just dead ends. And it's so like narrow and awkward shaped. Like it's like yeah, you would expect it, it to is. be more <laughs> freaky than it so, is. So, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head with that one because up until now, now you go into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge through there, but up until then, yeah, it did just dead end. And it's like, oh, this is kind of dark and kind of creepy around here. Yeah. I think it was just a vibe. It was a weird vibe. It's interesting as well because the animatronics that are used in kind of the latter half of Splash Mountain come from America Sings, which is, of course, uh, where a tragic death happens. So it's it's interesting that no kind of residual spiritual energy have followed those animatronics across the park. No, not that I'm aware of. I've I've heard of them malfunctioning or, or having kind of weird ticks and issues, but considering the age of those animatronics, they are still the, the older generation of animatronic, and I think most of those are just people spooking themselves being around them, not so much there being an actual ghost there. Something I love about the current way that Disney has to implement the animatronics into kind of when they're refurbishing older rides is their technology has advanced so far that they have to make them look shittier in order to fit in <laughs> with like Pirates of the Caribbean, for example. Like they're like yes. really <laughs> holding themselves back. So do we want to go to New Orleans Square next or do we want to go to Pirates island which was formerly tom sawyer's island let's hop into new orleans square i'm sure there's there's plenty to go around over there Definitely. and then we'll there's... just take a take a little boat ride across to pirates island so of course we got haunted mansion and pirates in new orleans square do you know well, I, I assume there's some factuality to this in minor extents of family members spreading deceased loved ones ashes and rides i think it specifically is that lore is kind of attached to haunted mansion but i think probably pervades a lot of other rides as well. So any truth to that? Um, so my understanding, especially talking to, to older cast members, is that it's far more rare than people think it is. It's not like okay. people are showing up a couple times a year, or a couple times a week, you know, trying to do this. It's incredibly rare and it's actually more common for them to drop things like personal objects of an individual. Okay. People that have been caught doing it. It's not like whole urns. Like you hear these stories about them dumping urns everywhere. Like, no, you're not going to get into the park with an urn. They started bag checking people back in the 80s after the first uh, gang fight on the property. There's no way you were going to get in with an urn. So anything that happened before the 80s is speculative. It's possible it happened. Since then, not really. And the handful of times when they have found ashes 
or, you know, things that look like they could be ashes, they get vacuumed up, swept up, disposed of the same as any other trash would be, uh, which is really tragic. And they really do try to remind people, really don't do this. You're just kind of throwing your loved one away. How gross. I imagined if it did happen, it'd be in very small quantities, they, like an yeah. Altoid container full right. of ashes. <laughs> exactly. And in recent years, they even check those now. They have you like open your little tins and containers to make sure that there's nothing uh, potentially dangerous oh, in them. Wow. Definitely. So Haunted Mansion is haunted, but all the legends and everything about, you know, the Haunted Witch's Book or the Gypsy Table or the organ or there's there's a lot of urban legends about why the place is haunted. At the end of the day, it's a spooky, dark ride that people are obsessed with. There are more than enough people that if they passed away today, that's what they would want to haunt. They would want to haunt the Haunted Mansion because they would want to be a ghost at the Haunted Mansion. I have not met a single or come across a single ghost in that place that wasn't just a fan who died who decided to hang out there. Wow. That's all that there is. Oh, wow. It's not some creepy spell book. It's not some table. Uh, one of the people haunting it is one of the original Imagineers that created it. One of the ones that's haunting it is a 17-year-old boy who died of some kind of illness who just really likes being there. There's a, an older woman who just likes being there. Um, there's a lot of stories about a little boy that's crying, that you can like hear the boy crying at the end of the ride. That's a totally different ghost that doesn't go into the haunted mansion at all. Oh, wow. Oh. So it's, it's funny because it is actually quite haunted. There are probably four or five ghosts there, but none of them have had any kind of accident. No one died in the creation of the Haunted Mansion. There's that legend that it was so scary someone had a heart attack. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the actual reason that it became a ride is because it more or less looked the way that it does now as a walkthrough attraction, and people were bored, and they felt it was too campy and over the top mm. to be worth going through. So no one would go into the attraction. So Walt made it a ride and upped the camp to give it the sort of playful vibe that it has now. So there's no way anyone had a heart attack because it was so scary. No, that didn't happen. Right. There's no records or history to validate that. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. I remember when you and I went on it, we were in the, we were in our doom buggy together and the ride stopped right in front of Madame Leota's table. And Mm -hmm. and I was like, huh, (laughs) who did that? Who was that, Liz? What was that? (laughs) It was just the creepiest spot to be stuck besides maybe in front of Constance Hatchaway. Yeah, yeah. I I only ever get stopped in two places on that ride, right in front of Leota, like facing her usually, and going backwards. Yeah, yeah, going backwards into the graveyard down that slope is the other one. I can stop there too. I've gotten trapped there dozens of times. And I'm always in one of those two places. I've never actually e-stopped anywhere else in the ride. And like all the other rides, the thing that causes an emergency stop is the the track being tripped. So either some someone riding the ride has kicked their leg outside of the dune buggy and set it off, which happens a lot actually, or somebody, one of the spirits has crossed it, just playing a prank on everybody. One of the things that I remind people also is that they'll stop the ride to help someone get onto it because of the moving platform. Mm People with disabilities, they will stop the entire ride to get someone with a disability onto the ride. If you stop, that's not saying that, oh my God, there's a ghost. There's a very good chance that they just had to take a minute to help a a guest get into the ride safely. So there's a lot of reasons it could happen that aren't ghost related. Every e-stop is not a ghost, Mm -hmm. but it does happen on occasion. 
And then I saw two, I think two separate accounts of a ghost that was an older woman in an old wheelchair. And from the, the accounts I was getting descriptions of, it sounds like she would have been at the end of the ride, but I don't know how that would have manifested because it's a, uh, for those who haven't physically been there, it's a moving platform at the end of the ride. You're, you're getting off onto a moving walkway that then goes up a incline to the exit of the ride. Have you ever felt the, spirit, the spiritual energy of that particular spirit there? I don't know that I would describe her as being like an old lady in a wheelchair. There is a female presence that is at the exit of the ride. And I'm almost certain that because of the way it comes and goes, I'm pretty sure it's Leota, which is the actual Imagineer that is the crystal ball. She does walk through the attraction on occasion. She's actually in Pirates more often. So... I've always gotten the impression that it's just Leota checking on her attraction, and then she goes back and she checks on pirates. She was actually more involved in creating pirates than she was the Haunted mm. Mansion. So she spends more time there. Gotcha. Wow. What about the crying boy? Is there a story to him, or just, yes. is he just there? So the crying boy is actually one of the casualties or one of the deaths that occurred in the Rivers of America, mm. which is the water right there surrounding Pirate's Lair, what used to be Tom Sawyer's Island. There were two deaths, uh, both 18-year-old boys who drown in the Rivers of America because they were pulling pranks and didn't manage to make it. Mm. So... The one that you hear crying, it sounds like a young boy, but it it's this 18-year-old kid who died trying to save his brother's life in the rivers. He and his brother decided to stay on the island after hours by hiding from everybody. And then once they realized that no one was coming back for them, that they weren't going to be able to get off the island, they tried to swim across. The younger brother couldn't swim. So the older brother put him on his back and attempted to swim across with him and ended up drowning halfway across. And the boy, the younger boy, only barely managed to make it the rest of the way on his own. He was recovered by security. And this is a true story. He's the one that you hear crying outside of the haunted mansion. He walks along the edge of the riverbank looking for his brother. It's really tragic. It's one of the tragic ones I was talking about in the last episode. And he, the reason you hear him outside a mansion is because there's a weird echo right in that part where you first come out, there's kind of these high walls that cause this weird echo. If you happen to come out when there's a log coming down from Splash Mountain, you hear it like you're standing right next to it. It's so loud. So what you're catching is you're actually catching the echo of him crying as he's walking around the rivers of America. Wow. So that's what the crying boy actually is. He he can't find his brother and he doesn't understand where he's gone. He thinks he's lost him. It's really unfortunate. He's completely oh. unreachable. You can't communicate with him. He's completely trapped in his psyche. He's just reliving the the situation. Poor buddy. Yeah. Oh, that's so tragic. Yeah. Happiest place on earth indeed. Uh, you know, my my husband refers to them as the Lost Boys. There's a collection of about 12 teenage boys that have died on the resort property. And all of them, in almost every case, you can catch them crying. Oh. Kind of like the, the old stories of Peter Pan yeah. and how the, the Lost Boys would cry for their parents. Oh, wow. Which kind of gives it a creep factor, in my opinion. But it's not untrue. Mm-hmm. They That's what they mm-hmm. do. Especially at night. All the stories of hearing, you know, little kids crying at night around the park. It's the Lost Boys. 
They're, they're stuck there. They wow. don't know how to get home. Any happier ghosts in Pirates of the Caribbean? Leota, for one. She she loves Leota, yeah. she loves hanging out in Pirates. Uh, there's one other Imagineer that's down there. I'm not sure who he is specifically, but he's definitely one of the creators. Mm-hmm. And the two of them just walk around and they adjust things and fuss about with all of it. If they're not happy with how something is placed, they'll move it. They're like, no, this is my ride. Right. I'm going to fix this. Is that is that other Imagineer the um, the fabled George? Because there's a there's a, a proliferating myth on the internet of like a Imagineer who passed away during construction. I think this this myth applies to both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. The story of George is true in the case of Walt Disney. Gotcha. There was actually a cat an Imagineer by the name of George who passed away during the construction, and that is who is said to be there. Not true of Disneyland. For sure, okay. I, I love that the woman, the Imagineer who was Leota, will go back to Haunted Mansion as well as occupying uh, Pirates because I believe her daughter is the new Leota. Like, they had to redo mm-hmm. it when they revamped the ride. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's visiting her daughter. That's so sweet. Yeah. I love Aww. that. Leota's also been said to walk around the Imagineer studios as well. So she has a lot of versatility in her movement. There's definitely a sense of her not always being there. She's definitely going somewhere else the rest of the time. So she's she's a very consciously aware spirit. She knows when people are there and when they're not. And mm. she interacts with her environment. She she knows. She's just dedicated to being there. That's that's her story. <laughs> what a queen. What a queen. Mm-hmm. Love her. Is there anything else in New Orleans Square that has uh, particular attachments? So I've I've always acknowledged it. I've always known it's there. Up in the second story uh, where Club 33 and the Dream Suite and all of the kind of above spaces for the shops exist, um, there's a spirit that walks around through there. Mm. Nobody's entirely sure who it is. I'm fairly certain it's the other boy that drowned in the Rivers of America, mm. also an 18-year-old boy. He and his buddy were there on grad night, stole a boat, and they were drinking on the boat and crashed it, and one of them drowned. Oh. Totally on them on that one, unfortunately. But I think he's actually haunting the upper story of that whole New Orleans Square area. And there are cast member stories about working in the Dream Suite back when that was first started or working up in Club 33 and having glasses get knocked off of shelves or having doors close or lights turn on. I've only interacted with him once myself. I actually caught him walking around between the shops right there next to Pirates. There's like a little spot you can walk into and there's a staircase that leads up to the Mm -hmm. second floor. And I caught him running up and down the stairs (laughs) on a random occasion. I was like, hey, buddy, what you doing? He just kind of looked at me. I'm bored. That was it. That's all he said. He said he was he said, bored. I'm bored. And then he walked what away. What a lad. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Luck with that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I told you how it was. Yes. Ghosts that are really self-aware are the most blunt, honest people on the planet. Oh, it's cool. I'm just, I'm just here. Whatever. It's bored as heck. Well, they literally have nothing to lose. What am I going to do? Tell security the ghost is running up and down the stairs? No. That nobody ever. (laughs) And for those who don't know, I'm assuming people who are listening are probably Disney fans, but the Dream Suite is like a special hotel experience you can have. It's a a suite that's right above Pirates. Then Club 33 is kind of a membership-based dinner experience. It's kind of like super, super exclusive membership. 
um, to the point where there's like a five-year waiting list and you have to wait for someone else to leave the mm-hmm. list to get on it. And membership costs, I believe it's something like $150,000 a year. Crazy. And you still have to pay for your meals and everything. Crazy. The Dream Suite has been closed for the last 10 years. Oh, really? Okay. So they keep it up to par and they show it off on occasion. But for the most part, the Dream Suite is completely off limits. Uh, They don't even rent it out to those upper tier members very often. What does, you know, membership fees for Club 33, where does that money go? Like, what does that pay for? Because it's not like Disney's needs the money i you know i think that i think that it's really just sort of like hey if you're rich enough and you really want to spend the money on this we're not going to stop you i'm sure <laughs> eating a luxurious dining room pay an extra 150 dollars a person every time you show up whatever wow it's kind of like not not to put it so bluntly but it's kind of like if rich people don't have pointless things to spend their money on what do they do with it anyway <laughs> so why not oh <sighs> So I think we can transition over to, we've already spoken about Pirate Slayer, Tom Sawyer's Island to some extent, mm-hmm. but is there anything else you want to comment on that? Obviously there's the tragic deaths within the rivers themselves, but are there any spirits with attachments on the island? As far as the actual island goes, there is like a spooky disembodied voice that has no origin at all. Uh, if you happen to be on the island right before closing where you're like, some of the last people to come off the island, they turn the sounds off. Oh, yeah. To let you know, hey, we're closing. No, really, you need to go. And you can actually hear echoes coming from the caves of people or of this this man's voice saying, goodbye now. Go home. Get out. Ooh. Ah, I don't want you here. Yay. It's his island time. It's Jean Lafitte. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's some kind of presence because back when it was still Tom Sawyer's Island, the same thing would happen as you were leaving Tom Sawyer's Island, the last people off at the end of the night, you would hear the voice say, go away now. It's my island. Get your own. Things like that. So uh, it's, it's always been there. And there are definitely parts of the island as you're going through it, where you kind of stop and you're like, there's no one else here. Why do I feel like I'm not alone? So if you've ever been there you've probably been in one of those spots at some point where you're like this is kind of yeah creepy. yeah that yeah. island has a why. very specific vibe maybe we want to do because i know you guys have a story about Frontierland, so maybe we do adventureland yeah. and finish off with Frontierland. sounds good mm-hmm. uh, eliza tell us about adventureland there are two spirits that i'm aware of in adventureland one is in the shops so the whole block of stores there in adventureland has a single spirit we're not entirely sure like no one seems to be entirely sure who this is but there are cast members that talk about there's offices like right there above the stores Mm -hmm. and they'll talk about how like their chairs will get moved across the room when no one's in the in the office and uh the stock rooms will get knocked around a little bit they'll find like boxes have knocked over that shouldn't have down in the actual shops right where the magic lamp is there's like a spot with a magic lamp and you can put a couple quarters in and it tells you your fortune Mm -hmm. the only interaction i've had with the ghost he was standing behind the lamp in that little corner watching people get their fortunes (laughs) oh so i like walked up put my quarters in and just kind of stared at him the whole time and i like got my fortune and he like looked at me like like what's it say? <gasps> kind of gave gives you one of those like like rubbernecking uh-huh. kind of things. Oh my god! So I turned it and let him read it, and he laughed and walked away like through the wall. Left. He wants to know the tea. 
He's thirsty for the tea. He just wanted to know what everybody's getting. What's everybody's future? <laughs> He's so curious. And that's actually, uh, that's funny because, you know, most people, when they get that, they're with someone and they, they will read their fortune out loud. So he probably mm-hmm. just like thrives on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just enjoys it. I mean, that's got to be more interesting than just watching people shop all day. Yeah, right? absolutely. absolutely. But there's no connection that I've been able to find to anybody. It's probably a cast member. Anytime there's no explanation, it's safe to assume it's a cast member that's just hanging out where they love to be. Beautiful. Amazing. So there's that one. And then Indiana Jones is haunted. That feels right. That feels very right. (laughs) I can honestly say the day that I finally figured out who was on there, I went on that ride about 12, maybe, maybe 13 or 14 times. because the first time through that day, I got a really bad feeling. And I'm like, man, why do I feel like I'm getting watched in this spot? You know, I used to go on this ride all the time. I didn't have a problem. Went back on it, same spot. So I got to the point where every time I was coming up to that spot, I started looking. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm looking to see what's there. And finally, I got the image of a girl kind of standing in the shadows, kind of watching the car go by. And I could tell she was getting more and more annoyed at me every time I got on this ride. She was getting real annoyed because she knew I was looking for her. Ghosts are very aware. Uh And when when they are aware and they know someone's actively trying to find them, they can get very hostile. This is the only spirit that has ever hurt me. Oh no. At Disneyland. She actually put scratches on my arm the last ride. Oh god. She was done with me looking for her. Ooh. Yeah, no, she she was she had enough of my my BS at that point. And (laughs) just long, long scratches, full hand, five marks all the way down my arm to my wrist. Shoulder to wrist. Queen, please. No. Yikes. I was wearing a tank top and everything. I got off the ride. My boyfriend at the time looked at my arm, was like, did you, did you lean on something? Did you scratch yourself during the ride? I'm like, no, why? Great ring all the way down my arm. I was like, oh, she finally got tired of me. We're going to stop going on this for a while. I'm (laughs) glad she didn't draw blood and you weren't just bleeding profusely all over the park. (laughs) Yeah, thank goodness for that. It wasn't, they weren't deep. You know, but it was definitely enough to, like, sting a little bit and to oh, yeah. noticeable. Certainly a message. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, there is a death that correlates with this haunting. 23-year-old woman actually had a an aneurysm. She had had a tumor in her heart that she wasn't aware of. And the excitement of the ride actually dislodged it and went into her brain and gave her an aneurysm and she died in the hospital. Oh my God. So there is an actual death that correlates with that experience. And a lot of people, guests and cast members, I've heard stories about seeing a young woman walking across the bridge or standing in front of the car and just creeping people out. Lots of instances of, of people losing items while they're on the ride that were like perfectly secured just disappearing so she like reaches into the car and pulls things Mm -hmm. out sometimes yeah she's very unhappy she's a very unhappy very aggressive little thing i would not want to cross her yeah certainly would not want to mess with her so yeah those those are the two in adventureland that i'm aware of i've heard stories about seeing someone walk around inside of the jungle cruise back in the safari areas I've heard stories about there being a spirit that actually climbs around, like walks around Tarzan's treehouse, but I have not engaged those directly. And I've only heard maybe one story about each of those areas. So it's hard to say. Gotcha. Well, should we make our way over into Frontierland? 
Frontierland. Fronti- I don't know why I said it like that. Let us go to Frontierland. Yeah, that sounds great to me. I've heard this story before, but I I think we were in line for Big Thunder when you told me this story, and I can't wait to hear it again, Blair. Uh, and I can't wait to hear your perspective. Oh, no, I never got in line for Big Thunder oh. ever again. We've probably just walked past Okay, it. that was probably what happened. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'd be surprised if Blair ever went on Big Thunder after okay, that. Okay, no, fair. never again. We were probably walking past. Lay it out for the, the audience. Well, um... <laughs> So there's something nasty in there, and I'll let you talk about that, but there's something real, real nasty in Big Thunder Mountain, and it, I, because, I guess because I was aware of it, and I was so scared of it, it, a part of it, I guess, attached itself to me when we got off the ride, and I guess Liza and Lysander noticed that I was acting kind of weird, or just seemed, like, spacey. I just remember my part of it, I just... I just felt really weird, and then well, we were watching the um, a parade, and I was so excited to, to see that parade all day. What was it? Was the um, it was the electrical light uh, parade? Yes. I had been so excited to see that parade, and we were watching it from a distance, and I just felt nothing. I like I didn't feel any sort of happiness watching it, and then. I ran into a wall or something, and then you guys just like sat me down on a bench, and Lysander <laughs> was running his hands over my head, and I felt so stupid, and I was like, this is so dumb, can we just get up and go? And I got up and I took a few steps, and it was the weirdest feeling I've ever had in my life. It was just like, oh, hi, I'm back. Hey, Whoa. everyone, what's going on? <laughs> it was the scariest experience of my life, and I, when, Veronica, my old roommate, was with us. We were driving home, and I was like, "I need to tell you, like, I'm genuinely scared to be alone tonight." And she was like, "I've been per- I, like, I've literally been praying ever since we got off that ride." I'm like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> it just scared me so bad. It was such a terrible feeling. So I get to tell people that I got possessed at Disneyland once, and that's a fun icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a, a unique thing to say. Uh, I can say that. <laughs> so. Let's do a little bit of the the actual history Mm -hmm. behind that. Some years ago, there was an incident at Big Thunder Mountain. What happened was as the train, which for those of you that don't know, Big Thunder Mountain is a train engine with several cars attached to it. And it's a roller coaster. And as it was descending into the tunnel, it was coming down off of a slope, going really fast into the tunnel. As it does, the first car became unhinged from the motor at the front and lodged underneath the front, the the actual engine car, which is tons and tons of pounds, Mm -hmm. crushing the front car and causing all the other cars to derail, sending people flying in all directions inside of this tunnel. The actual car actually hit the ceiling as it flipped over and ground to a halt at the base, causing a blockade at the base of the tunnel, which made it impossible for rescue workers to get in. Oh my God. Everyone, this is a true story. Everyone on the train was thrown from the train or the cars were knocked off the tracks and all of them did hit the ground. There was one death, uh, a 22 year old man who was crushed underneath the engine, who unfortunately bled to death in the tunnel very slowly. Mm. There were 10 people very badly injured. The individuals who were not 
too injured. Everyone had minor injuries, but the people who could still manage to, to get around did everything they could to pull people out of cars and get them laying down, you know, put pressure on wounds. And there was just nothing they could do to help this guy. Eyewitnesses that were there that, that were part of this incident said that all they could do was stand there and cry as he was dying. There was just nothing anyone could do. It's also pitch dark in that tunnel. There were no lights. There was nothing. They were just stranded there. Um, Rescue teams had to pull the engine and the cars blocking the bottom of that tunnel out before they could reach anybody that was injured. It was a huge ordeal, huge, huge, you know, on every news station, it was a big deal. The energy in that tunnel to this day is terrifying. And when I say terrifying, I mean, even for someone who feels nothing, doesn't believe in ghosts, which I've gone on this ride with people like that. I take them through that tunnel and at the end of the ride, they're like, there is something wrong with that place. There's something wrong with that tunnel. Uh, I don't like it. Mm. According to cast members, the scratch marks that were caused by the train still exist inside the tunnel. And there are actual bloodstains in that tunnel that they could not cover up or remove. It is totally dark. So it's not like anybody would know, but the cast members, but it has, that is an actual confirmed report that there is still bloodstains inside of the tunnel. So what attacked Blair was the man who died. And he's actually able to thrive on the residual trauma energy that exists in there. And it's fed into by the fact that everybody going around on this ride is, you know, excited and scared. Mm. And there's a lot of additional and kind of energy being spun off at all times. It makes it very easy for him to influence people. And, you know, Blair's the, the worst version of that that I've seen, but I have actually seen, you know, friends of mine or other people I've gone to the park with change. Their attitude will change. They'll get more tired. They'll get more sluggish. They'll need to sit down. They'll need to have something to eat. All of a sudden they get off this ride. They're like, man, I just, I'm just worn out. Let's, let's just chill for a while. And it's because he's in there sucking everybody's energy up basically. So that is a, that is a big, bad thing. Yeah. You said you've seen him or seen it sometimes as well. Like sometimes it manifests itself physically. I just remember you saying that it, um, that it, it, it's not a he anymore. It's an it. It's one of those nasty things that's just forgotten who he is. And it, you said it crawls up the wall and it's just, it, it's at me. Oh. And that always stuck with me. That always freaked me out the way you said that. Yeah, there's, so I have like a science of spirituality thing that I've kind of built over years of dealing with these things and spirits who forget who they are, um, stop being humanoid. And in his case, the amount of trauma and suffering he felt when he was dying, um, caused him to lose his sense of self a lot faster than a normal spirit would. So he is an it, is this kind of elongated, twisted creature that scurries up and down the walls. It kind of reminds me of like a lizard or a centipede. Squirmy, nasty, I, yeah. Mm, I don't go on that ride. And if I do, I go in there with clearing mm-hmm. energy. So I'll take I'll take a crystal to the park or I'll take certain things that help clear negative energy. So I'll ride the ride with the intention of, wiping some of that out so that you know yeah, he, yeah. he's got a little less to eat for a day 
but it's it's only good for a day. So God only knows I haven't been there in years now. I'm sure he's uh, just having a day all on his own. Wow, that's <laughs> what a what a number to end on. Huh. What a story, what a Mark. Story. Do we do we have any? Are there any happy Frontierland ghosts, or is that just the Bane one? Uh, there is actually. Okay. Let's let's leave let's off cl- on a let's high close note. on a high note. Yeah, <laughs> let's close on Love a high it. note. Uh, so the golden the golden horseshoe is known for being haunted. In the first episode, I mentioned that uh, cast members can smell cigar smoke first thing in the morning, which used to be part of Walt's routine. He would have his breakfast at uh, what's it called? I think the Holiday Inn, and then. Oh no, Plaza Inn, yeah. that's what it's called. And then he would go over to Golden Horseshoe to have his cigar and his cup of coffee. So there's that. But there in the Golden Horseshoe, there is the little blonde girl. No one knows where the little blonde girl came from. But she's like a six-year-old little blonde girl who wears a bright blue dress and is said to just be the sweetest thing on the planet. She will get up on the stage and she'll hide in the curtains and like play peekaboo oh. with the guests. And then when they, when a guest will go to a cast member and say, hey, there's a little kid up on stage, they'll go up there, she'll be gone. Whoa. So it's just this child that plays, plays little games with the guests. And there's dozens and dozens of accounts by cast members of her being seen running around the top story. So there's two stories in the golden horseshoes. So the little top balcony area, she'll just run around there in circles. What a cutie. She'll show up in the mirrors, like she'll climb up on the counters and wave in the mirrors at them sometimes. <laughs> she's completely harmless. Everybody just, they just acknowledge that she's there. Oh, the little blonde girl's here today. No big deal. <laughs> oh, she sounds like Alice. She does. The blonde hair and the blue dress. That's how she's described. She's described as looking like Alice from Alice in Wonderland, but about six years old and just precocious as heck. One of the... Uh, cast members, ex-cast members that I follow on YouTube actually relayed a personal story about talking to her. She actually like came up and asked him if he had ever seen the ghost girl that was running around the theater before. And he he replied, oh yeah, I guess I have, you know, there's there's rumors. And she was like, oh, okay. And she like ran down the stairs like she was joining her family and then never made it to the bottom of the stairs. Wow. And it was like his first time ever seeing her. He was just like, wait, what? <laughs> oh my God. So she she literally asked him, hey, have you seen the, the ghost yeah, that you yeah. over Have you over seen here? the ghost? Well, let me show you something. <laughs> right? Yeah, have now. And just yeets herself into oblivion yeah. right in front right. of his eyes. Basically. <laughs> uh, that's a much lighter note to end on. I love that. I'm happy with it. <laughs> Bless the little blonde Eliza, girl. Eliza, this has been so eye-opening and fun and sad and just all the emotions were had today oh we've had such a blast thank you so much for your time thank you so much for being here of course i was so happy to do this i've been excited about it for for weeks now good thank you for having me (laughs) well i think that does it for us thank you guys for listening stay safe and stay well Mm -hmm. wear your mask and don't die (laughs) and please try not to die at the happiest place on earth but if you die outside feel free to go visit it seems like the gates are always open Bye. bye